Hello and welcome to Cup of Tea with UHB Charity, a hospital charity podcast that focuses on inspiring stories from our NHS staff and patients from across our hospitals in Birmingham. I am your host, Ella Igledon. Make sure to tune in each Friday for a new episode. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, please send an email to charities at uhb.nhs.uk. I would love to hear from you. Welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, Veronica from Ladies Fighting Breast Cancer Charity joins me to talk all about her incredible charity, the special reason why it was established, and the difference her and her team are able to make to those affected by breast cancer. Veronica is the reason why there is a bra on a statue in Birmingham City Centre known as Floozy in the Jacuzzi, which encourages people to think about checking their breasts. Now, breast cancer doesn't just affect women, it can also affect men, which is why episodes like this are so important to raise awareness and educate people on what to look for. So I asked girls that had been through breast cancer in the past what they would have liked to have had with them that they didn't have and they didn't know they needed mm. but would have been useful. So they gave me 20 items and we put these in a in a bag and we take them to now 11 hospitals. I also get requests to post out a bag to somebody because their friend's just been newly diagnosed. Mm. And it's just my way of saying to them, somebody out there cares about yeah. you, somebody out there understands what you are going through. So let us help in any way we can. Veronica is a truly inspiring woman and one we are delighted to work alongside at UHB Charity. Together, we have been able to fund many important and life-saving breast cancer projects, including the Pink Mobile Mammogram Unit, which tours around Birmingham. So to donate to our breast cancer appeal, go to hospitalcharity.org forward slash breast cancer and help us to continue to make a difference today. And before we get in with this episode, I wanted to bring to your attention some exciting news for your Friday, or whatever day you decide to listen to this on. We are excited to announce an extra special lottery draw on August the 12th, where there'll be a bumper first prize of £3,000, a second prize of £100, a third and fourth prize of £50, and a fifth and sixth prize of £10. Buy your tickets to be in with a chance of winning an amazing cash prize. First place cash prize kindly sponsored by Wesleyan and tickets must be purchased by 12pm Wednesday the 10th of August to be entered. Draw will take place at UHB Charity on Friday the 12th of August and it's over 18s only. So to take part go to hospitalcharity.org forward slash shop forward slash product forward slash summer bumper draw. It is also posted across our social media platforms if you search for UHB Charity. I know that's quite a lot to remember. So best of luck with that and definitely get involved if you can. And without further ado, here is my interview with Veronica. Welcome to the charity podcast. It's very nice to have you here today. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, welcome. Hi Ella, really pleased to be here today and thank you very much for asking me to join you on this podcast. It's my first podcast that I've ever done, so this is quite exciting for me. Yeah, I co-founded a charity called Ladies Fighting Breast Cancer in June 2000 when a mutual friend of both mine and Sue's was diagnosed with breast cancer. 
we had, well, I certainly had never heard of anybody who'd got breast cancer. Mm. I was 40 years old at the time. And it really, really shocked me because I just didn't know what to do. And I'm a very practical girl, so I wanted to help in some way. Um, so I went actually, sadly, Sue, a few years later, also was diagnosed with um, breast cancer. Mm. So we took ourselves to the women's hospital where Carol was being treated to try and find out more about what she was going through. We met her consultant and um, he actually asked me as the uh, Carol was going through treatment, um, what would upset you if you got breast cancer? And immediately I said, losing my hair. And I immediately apologised because I thought it was a really vain thing to say. But for me personally, that would have been more devastating um, than losing a breast. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, was there anything out there that could uh, possibly stop that from happening? And he said there was a cooling cap and it was £5,000. So I thought this was like the ultimate machine that's going to stop the girls from losing their hair and it was going to be absolutely awesome. I only learned later after we purchased it that it's awful to actually go through this treatment. Mm. Uh, it does work if you can stand it, but it's not a very nice treatment to have. So I'd literally come out of the hospital. I'd gone into my local village. I was literally taking my children to school, throwing them out of the car and going to see my friends and trying to help them. When a girl approached me and said, we'd like you to come to an opening of a restaurant in Hagley. And I asked her what it was for. She said, because my husband's opening a restaurant. And I said, no, you're doing it for charity. And she said, what's your charity called? And I remember just standing there and I don't know where this, and to this day, I don't know where it came from. I just <laughs> went, oh, ladies, uh, yeah, fighting, fighting. Ladies fighting breast cancer. And she said, oh, I've never heard of them. And I thought, no, because I've just made it up. <laughs> but, and then I thought, I can't say to you, that's not what the charity yeah. name is, because we weren't established. Yeah. So on the night, the brewery were putting a marquee uh, on the back of this restaurant. So they had a really big crowd. So I literally just got up and said, uh, hello to everybody. If you can help us this evening, we're trying to raise £5,000 for a cooling cap for the women's hospital. Uh, so anything would be brilliant. Mm -hmm. And we raised just over £5,000. So I go back to the doctor, David England, and I say, here's your £5,000. And you've got uh, 200, I think it was, pounds to spend on whatever you want. He went, can I have a 15,000 pound faxitron machine? And I thought, right, what have I done? And I was, to be fair, I was in a very privileged position where I was a housewife and I was a bored housewife. Yeah. I, I was going to say, actually, what, what was your background before well, the charity and did it inspire, like, or did the charity literally from that night just come out of... Well, I'd moved from Manchester, as you can probably tell by my accent, <laughs> uh, to my ex-husband's job. We'd come to uh, the Midlands with the, uh, I was told we were here for five years. And I'm now 34 years here. <laughs> um, and then we were going back. So I'd always yeah. got it in my head that it wasn't a permanent thing to be in the Midlands. And because I'd run a business in Manchester, and of course everything had to go when I moved here, uh, and it wasn't a business that I felt I could set up here. Uh, it was a beauty therapy business, and it's very hard to, to start a beauty therapy business in an area you don't know anybody. Mm. Um, so I'd had a 14-month-old child at the time. Um, so he was in nursery and to be honest with you, I was bored. So I first got involved with Variety Club of Great Britain because I wanted to do something. I'm yeah. a doer. Yeah. Um, and then when my friends were diagnosed, I was with Variety Club as a, a chairman of their ladies committee. I don't even know how I got that, but I was. <laughs> um, when my friends were uh, diagnosed, I came away from Variety Club, which again gave me uh, a good insight into charity mm. and uh, decided to, to pursue this and start helping ladies and men that were going through breast cancer. So for a good, i say 12 years, until the consultant retired, mm. I was raising money for 
equipment for the women's hospital. The saddest thing for me, and I, I don't know why, I thought it was all to do with Curie Hospital because it's on the same site. Yeah. He never actually told anybody who we were, which didn't help us in fundraising. Yeah. We managed to get the fundraising, but it didn't help us that he didn't tell anybody who we were. But the offshoot of that was he said it was attracting great staff because we've got the latest and the best equipment so it was one thing he said to me in a, in a meeting that stuck with me when he told me not to come and speak to QEHB I thought oh, well QEHB and when yeah. he explained it I thought well, why don't I go and speak to them so obviously being me I came <laughs> to speak to QEHB and they said right if you start fundraising with us mm. we'll put your name in the hospital and people get to know who you are so as a fundraising idea it was much better for us to collaborate with QHB and we have done so ever since. Then after a number of years, I had it in my head, we'd already bought one mobile mammogram unit, but I thought that it looked, and it was white and clinical. And I thought, right, how can we try and get women to go for their appointments? Because mm -hmm. the hardest thing still after 22 years is to say to a woman, please check yourself. Because like anybody, you don't want to find anything. Yeah. So you, you're reluctant to check yourself. You're busy, you forget. You know, they say do it in the shower all the time. Mm. Yeah, if you know what to do. Yeah, yeah. But then you're thinking, especially recently now with this pandemic, do I want to bother the doctor? Because what yeah. if it isn't anything? And this is a major problem we still have. 22 years later, is saying to women and men, please check yourselves. How do we get that message across even after 22 yeah. years? I tried by putting a bra on the floozy and the jacuzzi, otherwise known officially as the River Statue in, in, in Victoria Square in Birmingham. Again, in October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month just to highlight this, you know, yeah. awful disease, because it is an awful disease. And after many years of buying equipment for the hospital, we decided as a, a group, because a group of volunteers and our trustees, to start helping uh, women and men through what I call the mental health side of things. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be more practical with them. So in that, I mean, buy them a real hair wig that they couldn't afford, again, to get their dignity back and for yeah. them to look like they used to look by having their eyebrows tattooed, whatever it took to make them feel good again. We're even sending um, a breast care nurse who specialises in fitting mastectomy bras and prosthetics to mm. ladies, because you'd be surprised at how many people aren't fitted correctly. Yeah. And that's not really the fault of the hospital. It tends to be what they have on site on your day when you mm. have an appointment. So we wanted to address all those things that other people may not think are important, but we feel as a charity, hugely important. So we've, we've also um, started a Facebook, private Facebook group during the pandemic. And one thing the pandemic actually taught us, which is a very valuable lesson, because no matter how long you've been going, you can still learn. I'm a great believer you learn every single day, mm -hmm. was that a lot of the girls and men who've had their treatments are not well enough to attend a coffee morning somewhere to meet other people going yeah. through it. So to do Zooms, we were really forced to do Zooms in a way was the best thing that happened to us because we can have ladies sat there in the PJs with a coffee at home and it didn't matter what she looked like because nobody was judging her. Yeah. But we were introducing her to other people going through exactly what she was going through. And that's been the, the most important thing for me, that we get these ladies to meet each other, sadly through you know a membership that they didn't want to be a part yeah. of, but they are, and just try and you know, hold their hand and get them through it as best we can. And I think it's great that you're so accommodating like that because I can imagine a lot of these women are very anxious. They don't want to go out anyway because of the pandemic, being very vulnerable with cancer. But as well, if you're not feeling body confident because you're going through all this treatment, it's so nice that you also offer that online service. Absolutely. So like you cater yeah. 
like the whole circle if that makes sense but yeah i think that's great that that you know you can either meet in person or if you're not comfortable listen there's a lot of women over the years that we've found that don't want to talk about it Mm. and and you've got to go with when they feel ready yeah because some people will be very confident and straight away yeah i want to get through this you know if you can help me on a one-to-one even and don't want to join a group of other women you'll get people that it might take them a year or two before they feel confident to join other Mm -hmm. women and then you'll get people that just don't want to join anybody and and just get on with it on their own so you've got to really respect every person and how they want to to be treated or who they want to meet or yeah what level of support that they need and uh, just try and give them the best help that you can give them because mm-hmm. of course we're all different i mean again in the pandemic i was thinking it was horrific that girls because i was very hands-on with my friends whether they wanted it or not i'm not really sure because i think they did but say for instance you take your friend for her appointment you have the stress of parking the car drop her off at the door let it go in and start a treatment because it can be stressful you can be waiting 45 minutes to park your car mm. it's crazy sometimes so we i used to do all that kind of thing i thought right well i did go in my friends when they had chemo yeah. therapy and trying to help um be a support to them but in covid you couldn't have anybody with you no family member no friends so the scary part is scary enough so that was another add-on for me that was horrible so i came up with the idea of this hug in a bag because I get told off all the time, my children said, stop hugging people. (laughs) And so can you imagine the pandemic when I can't hug anyone? Yeah, Yeah. It was really, really difficult for me because I hug everybody. Um, So I asked girls that had been through breast cancer in the past what they would have liked to have had with them that they didn't have and they didn't know they needed Mm -hmm. but would have been useful. So they gave me 20 items and we put these in a a bag and we take them to now 11 hospitals. I also get requests to post out a bag to somebody because their friend's just been newly diagnosed mm. and it's just my way of saying to them somebody out there cares about yeah. you somebody out there understands what you are going through so let us help in any way we can and it also again i didn't think of it at the time but the nurses have been really grateful because it's freed up their time because obviously these girls are very very scared when they first go in they can't sit there with them they've got yeah. other people to treat so they said when we give them this bag and they start going through it he said it's great for us because we can leave them with it and they get really excited mm. because we try and get as nice a products in there as we possibly can and something that would excite them other than it all be about cancer yeah. and it all be a, you know, a negative thing. We're trying to say, look, putting something really nice that possibly they couldn't afford. Maybe mm. a lot of them can, but a lot of them can't, yeah. especially at the um, hospital, say, like City. They, they say they're so grateful because a lot of these things those girls couldn't have afforded. Mm. They absolutely love that somebody's taken the time to put some useful things together for them going through the worst possibly the worst time of their lives so we're very much a charity that wants to help we're very much a charity that we hope is very caring and more than anything for me very approachable i mean i do have one of our trustees who always says she's the no guy and i'm the yes guy because i say no <laughs> to nobody yeah, in yeah. 22 years i will find a way if somebody approaches me number one it must be really hard for them to come to me anyway I will do my utmost to try and help them because I appreciate how hard it can be, especially if you've never met someone. I mean, I've often had texts at 10 o'clock at night. My daughter will say, turn your phone off. And I say, can't. This is not a nine to five situation. This is a 24-7. And if I choose to answer that person, that's my choice. Nobody's making me do this. But I feel at least if I can answer her because she's reached out, then perhaps we can sort it out in the morning. But at least if I tell her that, she could hopefully have a better night's sleep, that Mm -hmm. she's approached somebody 
and they got back to her because it's really important that if somebody reaches out to you you must always get back to them because yeah. the mental health aspect of this i think is going to be huge especially after covid because the girls obviously feeling enormous circumstances because of you know the way their body is and their compromise not to go out and be careful where they where they go and socialize initially mm-hmm. um because their immunity is on the floor so in covid it was like a triple whammy i'd say yeah. yeah so really difficult but thankfully we've managed to reach out to an awful lot i mean the saddest thing for me is our facebook group is just growing on a daily basis and it just lets me realize how many people out there need support support is a massive massive part of uh, this any mm-hmm. cancer i mean i have people that, uh, that reach out to me who've got cervical cancer i'm not going to turn them away yeah. i never profess to be medical because i'm not but what i do say is I'll try and help you or try and guide you to whoever you need to see. But I won't turn people away because they haven't got the cancer that my charity is actually dealing with, yeah. not, at, not at all. And they always say, oh, when you come to you, you will always try and do something. And if I can't do it, I'll try and find someone who can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really for a lot of young people out there, because breast cancer is getting worse for me, it's also getting to younger little girls. How do we educate them? Do we start a sixth form when the girls are 18 because we don't want to frighten them we don't want to start them too young but even university just to make them aware to check themselves find out what's normal for them and any concerns straight to your doctor yeah after 22 years we are still fighting this battle this is the conversation i had with a lady that's got breast cancer and she's stage four and I was saying to her, and she said the same thing at school i was never told i mean you're you're taught weirdly how to, well it's not weird, but you're taught about tampons and how to put a sanitary towel on. That's the only thing I ever remember, like girl stuff, but you're not taught about cancer. Even when I had, what I was thinking about the other day, is it we had like a cervical cancer jab. No one really explained what that's preventing when Mm. you're older. They just went, you've got happy jabs at school, that's it. No one in my time at school, even at university, or did I ever see leaflets, did anyone come and talk Mm. to us? that you can get cancer as a young person because they don't want to scare people. And I get that, but we need to make more young people but, aware. Yeah, like, we seem to be a society, especially more so now, of not offending anyone, not upsetting anybody. Yeah. But we've got to get this message across in in a way, whatever way it is, is that, you know, experts better than me from a young age. But also a lot of those children at school will have had the mother or the father going through some mm-hmm. form of cancer. So it needs to be addressed in a way that, you know, if there was somebody in a class that that's happened to, that they could go and speak to somebody yeah. about it. Because again, if a child's parents got an illness, they're going into that classroom really upset and nobody knows why they're upset and they don't want to talk about it yeah. because, and then other people don't want to address it with them because they're frightened if they burst into tears, that's wrong. There's got to be a better way of managing this. Yeah. There really has. And I think it starts, like I said, I think 18's young enough because you don't want to especially if their parents are going through something upset them too much but there's got to be a way that we can say if you've got a problem come and see us and we'll talk about it regardless of what that problem is Mm. because it's happening well they've got this they're saying now it's going to be one in two so there's obviously a massive need there and that's what i'm saying there's got to be better support on the mental health side of things that need addressing and also if we could try and introduce these kids to other children whose mother's going through it and that's what we try and do Mm. we you know look after the woman and then they meet their other uh, friends children in other words you're not the only one going through this we're all going through it together yeah. and we need more of that we need i i personally think more of the support and i can't blame the hospitals and i can't blame 
the doctors and nurses because they're too busy. Yeah, so yeah, this has either got to come from a charity or mm. it's got to come from somewhere that can address this because it's not getting any better. It's sadly getting a lot worse. And the, and the sad thing is with COVID, 95% of funding was wiped off overnight because obviously people weren't thinking of giving money to charities. Yeah. Now with you know with everything going up exponentially with everybody's bills, they're still not thinking of giving to charities. And we are so badly needed, but then people just think miraculously, we just carry on. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, for, for me, I think, and it, it, in some ways it's nice, but people think we're a hugely successful, very moneyed charity. We're not because I'm the kind of girl that if there's money in the bank and somebody needs help, we'll spend it. Yeah. We're not sitting on hundreds of thousands of pounds. Mm -hmm. We're really not. We're surviving on a shoestring. But people have this perception of us. And I'd say to anybody, please look around at your local charities because the national charities are thriving. If they can advertise on TV, how much is that costing? So please help your local charities because they're doing some great work in their community and they really need to be able to continue. I mean, I get to the end of every year and think, how have we survived another year? Because it's that close. Yeah, yeah. But we do, somehow we do. We're a really badly needed charity, but our work is getting, we're getting more and more people asking for help and less and less money to help them. It's just a sad state of affairs at the moment. So we're looking at every direction we can go through mm -hmm. to see how we can bring funds in. And we're hoping particularly this year um, that things will pick up because I think people are now wanting to go out and wanting yeah. to support. Um, and we've got an event on March the 5th that's been uh, organised by Pink Hair Solutions um, at Walsall Football Club. Um, and that's going to be a night of three singers, I believe, a disco, mm. a, a mini buffet and a raffle and a tombola. So that's our first one. That's a major event for us mm. to kick off some fundraising. Um, and then... Other people are doing things through the year on our behalf, which is fantastic because if they can do an event and just name us as a charity, that's great also. Yeah, yeah, um, and then our big event for the end of this year in October, because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, we're doing a fashion show with 50 of our ladies who've had breast cancer. Okay. I wouldn't say modelling, I'd say we want to make it um, a celebration of life yeah. and make it a fantastic night for them. Get in the makeup artists, get in the hairdressers, John Lewis has said they will collaborate with us, which is just amazing. So that's a night uh, for all the families to get together mm -hmm. to just celebrate these women looking amazing and just having a night off on what they're going through, yeah. saying, yeah, you can get through this and we're all here to support you. And I think that will be so powerful. It'll make those women feel so valued and cared about because a lot of the women that I speak to, they always say to me, you just feel so, like, isolated and worthless when you've got cancer no one understands and i think people like you and your charity that you can say well we're going to put on a show you're the center of attention everyone's mm. going to know about you 100 100 so it makes i mean we've put on quite a few over the years uh they're massive to organize but you know i'm the kind of person if i'm going to put something on it's got to be right and i'll spend a lot of time making sure they are the centre of attention. You know, some people say, oh, you get up and make a speech. No, it's one thing I hate. I'll show a little video and I don't even like doing that. <laughs> but for me, it's not about me. It's about yeah. them. They're the superstars in all this. We just facilitate, hopefully, some help towards them. But it's never, ever been about me or anybody else. It's 100% how we can improve their lives on a daily basis, how we can introduce them to other people going through it. Yeah. Because it's when you're first diagnosed, it's that kind of illness. I think all illnesses where you think you're the only person in the world and nobody understands. Yeah. Yeah. So it's reaching out and saying, we understand and look at how many others understand mm. because we're all going through 
the same thing. And, and bless them, a lot of the, the women think I've had breast cancer. Thank God, I've never had it. But I had two friends who did have it. Yeah. So I know an awful lot about it, but I wouldn't... I would never ever say, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah, I course. do not have a clue how you feel, but hopefully I can help you in some way by the experience that I've had. And, yeah. you know, looking after my friends, looking after the girls that uh, I've got, are going through at the moment. And, you know, we run a choir now because I think singing is wonderful. And again, there'll be tears, there'll be laughter. You know, we have a, a fantastic time. The emotions are up and down, up and yeah. down, up and down. Yeah. But again, it's bringing people together through the joy of music to just forget for a couple of hours what they're going through on a Monday night. Um, and that's brilliant as well. Mm. Yeah. Bless you. And you just mentioned then about losing your two best friends. Do you think doing what you're doing, you're supporting so many people, has that helped you with the grief process of that, that you're helping people like them? And 100% because the way I looked at it, obviously, when it happened, when Carol died and then Sue died later, these girls were 10 years older than me anyway. Yeah. And in my pure ignorance at the start, I thought, well, 10 years time, it's going to be me because that's how I looked at life. Yeah. I mean, I've been the very, very lucky one that I have not gone through it. But in the grieving process, you have to also for yourself to continue because a lot of people say, why are you still carrying on with the charity? I said, and my attitude was, I help them while they were here as yeah. much as I could but I'm not medical it was out of my hands yeah. you know and the thing is there were so many other women that needed our help how can you just say I've started something now for the benefit really of my two friends sorry they're not here anymore but I'm, I've had enough I'm yeah. off you can't because more and more people were reaching out to me and it really helped me get through it because it made me think yeah you're doing some good here mm. so continue to do some good because yeah, it's horrendous. I think of uh, my friends all the time. And when I'm really struggling, I think, come on, girls, give me a break. Show me, <laughs> show me a side here to keep me going or do something for me. Um, and you just got to think and, and, and remember the good times, which we all yeah. do, because we did have some fantastic times. We did our best while you were here. I'm hoping from wherever they are that they're looking down on me saying, well done you, keep it going. Because every year I think, my God, we're still going. Yeah. And I often talk to them and say, Especially in the bad time. Come on, girls, come on, get me out of this situation. <laughs> or or I'll, I'll often say, you're laughing at me now. Stop it. You know, and life goes on. Yeah, you know, you've got to pick yourself up and life does go on. Um, it is difficult. Don't get me wrong. It's very, very difficult. And we, we do lose quite a few ladies that we do get yeah. very involved with. But again, I, like I say to all my volunteers, we do our best while we can. Medically, it's out of our hands. We just look after you as best we can. And whatever will be, will be. You know, yeah. and we've just got to carry on and do the best. Because if you actually sat down and thought about it, many a time I could have said, can't do this anymore. Yeah, And um, Yeah, I mean, it's happening to so many people on a daily basis. You've just got to get through life. Yeah, you just got to get through life the best you can and just keep going because there's an awful lot of people need your help. Mm-hmm. And we spoke before, um, before I started recording about the mental health aspect. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're dealing with people that are very poorly. Yeah. How do you kind of not keep level-headed but not let it get to you so much to the point you're thinking oh this is just this is a lot every day because you you are going to hear heartbreaking stories Mm -hmm. what kind of keeps you going every day to help these women because that is a lot to take on mentally when you're not a counsellor and you're taking on these people's problems is there anything that works for you i just think um because there's so many going through an awful time you just think how lucky am i and my little problems, which I think at the time are huge problems, it, I, you have to, have to have a chat with yourself and say, get a grip. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think, 
A great example, none of you saying this. I unfortunately did have a, a not a very nice divorce and I was made homeless for four weeks and I had three children. Yeah. And, but I used to get up in the morning and think, right, it's not great. Your situation is pretty awful at the moment, but it's not as bad as your friends. I yeah. thought you haven't got cancer. And some, I don't even think they realised that me concentrating on what they were going through really helped me get through my own situation. And yeah. I told very few people of what I was going through. And really, if I would have only concentrated and hadn't had this charity to go through what I was going through, I think I could have had a mental breakdown yeah, because yeah. you're thinking, I've got three kids to house. Where the hell am I going? You know, I've got to rent a house. I just didn't know what I was doing. And as, as I went to stay with a friend, bless her, for three weeks. My kids were all over the place. Two were in Manchester. One was in um, uh, near Bewdley. We're all displaced for four weeks until I luckily found this house. And I thought, yeah, but this is something I can get over. Yeah. It's horrible. It's not great. But it's not as bad as what they're going through. And I think you've got to look in life, what you're going through as opposed to what somebody else is going through. And I tell you what, I'd rather be homeless for four weeks than yeah, what yeah. they were going through. And it completely levels you. So you've got to look at life, that, look at what these girls are dealing with. Whatever you think is bad for you isn't bad in comparison to these people. And a lot of people have also got to think, snap out of the, you know, your minute as I call it, just look at somebody else yeah. and look at what somebody else is. And that's how your mental health, you keep going. Mm-hmm. Because you've always got to think there's always somebody worse off than yourself. And if you don't have that attitude to life, you could very easily just say, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. But that's the easiest thing you know, to say. Mm-hmm. But you have to look at other people and you have to appreciate what they're going through. Like, how can I help you? Yeah. And not let it get to you that way that, you, you know, oh, poor me. No, I'm too busy to be oh poor me. Yeah. Get on with it. I know. Thank God I've got three children that 33, 31, and 28. They still drive me crazy. You know, when they're little, they drive me crazy, but they still ask you for stuff and you think, really? Um, but this has given me a purpose in life. And honestly, it gets me out of bed in the morning because what, what am I going to do with my life if I haven't got this to do? I'm, you know, I'm lucky enough not to be working. So you've got to look at life and think, right, if you weren't running this charity, what would you be doing every day? Yeah. So I'm very grateful that it's given me a purpose in my life to continue to do it. And I don't think my kids have suffered one bit. I've dragged them along to many a function. I've made them sell <laughs> raffle tickets. I've made them do races for me. But it's a good learning curve for them. And that's why I say from schools, okay, for mating with girls, it's time that they're looking after themselves, like you say, for cervical cancer, for breast cancer. Yeah, and we've got to do more of this, not being frightened of introducing things to our children. Yeah. You know, and always shying away and, oof, well, it's not happened to me, so I'm okay. Nobody knows what's going to happen to you. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And surely it's probably more frightening if you've never been educated about breast cancer or anything. Then your 20s to suddenly get it and you've never had any information about it. I'm not saying it'd be easier if you did, but surely it would help you a little bit if you've had that, do you know what, this is what to look out for. Okay, you have got this, but we can try and sort it. We can treat, yeah. I mean, if you've, you know, like a younger girl, if they could see anything that's different for them and get to the doctor straight away. Because one thing we've learned, the sooner you can get to the doctors, yeah. the quicker you can get the help you need. Now it's, uh, I mean, the pandemic obviously has changed that a little bit, but it was something like two weeks from being seen at the doctors to being treated, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and we need to tell these girls, yeah, look for at yourself, you know, when you're in the shower, wherever, just stand in the mirror and look at yourself. And then if you see anything different, that's when you know you need to go. And you are not... You know, when you go to the doctors, you're not wasting his time. Mm. Go to I've said go to the doctors ten times. You should know your own body. Yeah. If you think there's something seriously wrong, insist on being sent and seeing somebody. 
because you know better than anybody how you feel. And I mean, the doctors are really busy people, don't get me wrong, but sometimes, you know, things can be overlooked, can be an age thing, you know, it just can can be something like that, because it's happened many a time, we've heard about it. You have got to be insistent and say, no, I'm not happy. Can you please send me for a referral? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just know you yourself. Yeah. And just insist, because sadly, the ones who shout the loudest get seen. And sometimes you have to, because at the end of the day, without your health, you've got nothing. You can have all the money in the world, but without your health to me, your health to your wealth. So important, isn't it? And what type of feedback have you had from these ladies that you're supporting? Have you, is there anything that stands out to you that women have said, or men, that, or even their families? Bless them, they always say I'm an angel, and I say, well, I don't want to be an angel because I don't want to go up there yet. <laughs> and I, I, try, I always try and make a joke of it, because to be honest with you, I get, people don't realise that. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, because I could talk for England and school as well. I'm actually quite shy. You've said this to me before and I yeah. still don't believe you. Yeah, yeah but I've learned that. to be very, I think I talk so much because that is the shyness, it's yeah. nerves. Yeah. So I never shut up because I think I've got to fill in the gap. <laughs> and um, and I get really embarrassed when people say, oh, it's wonderful what you've done or whatever. And especially when I win an award because I never expect it. Yeah. I mean, they've had three awards very recently, which for me is unbelievable. But I've actually sat at the table and have to be told to get up because I am talking to someone Thinking, well, listen, well, I won't win it anyway. And then they'll say, Veronica, you've won. And I'll turn around and then you see your name on the screen. Like, Have I? Really? <laughs> and then I'm thinking, as I'm walking up to the stage, oh, God, please don't ask me to make a speech. Please don't. Because I really don't like it. I, I'm yeah. very much like to be a bit of a background girl. Um, so I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. It's love, lovely, absolutely lovely to be, you know, for people to say you're doing a fantastic job. It's one. But every day, I honestly really don't in my head believe I'm doing anything that special because I do it every day yeah you know for 22 years I've done it as a volunteer so you know for me I'm not doing anything that, that that's great it's, I'm doing something I completely and absolutely love yeah but I get really embarrassed when girls actually say to me oh if it wasn't for you you know you're so lovely and you're so special I'm thinking really because I, I can't take compliments yeah very easily at all and they're saying you're crazy look what, what you've done I'm saying what have I done? Because I feel I've got a whole team with me, which I have. You know, I've got the association with, with the hospital. So it's not just me. I've got a whole group of people. That's, yeah. This charity is not a success for one because of one person. The charity is a success for all the people who believe in us and help us to keep going. So mm-hmm. I don't see it as that I'm, you know, maybe I'm the figurehead or whatever they want to call me because I hate titles. I don't, you can call me anything. I'm, I'm not offended. But I don't <laughs> like, you know, fl- flash titles is not me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we you know as long as we can continue to go as a charity, that's what I want. I don't want to think I started something twenty two years ago that will not continue if I can't do it for whatever reason. Yeah. That somebody else could take over the button and just go with it and do exactly the same as me. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's really um, it's lovely. Don't get me wrong, but for me, yeah, I find I find it very uneasy. I just say thank you. I never used to say thank you, but people just say <laughs> say thank you. Yeah, because well, was... you've got to take the compliments because you are incredible. I've always told you you're a very inspiring woman, and without you and the amazing women that work in your charity with you, what support is there for women mm. apart from these huge, huge charities that probably won't even get back to them that fast? Well, you know, we... you're the a local charity. Yeah. like you have to give yourself credit. Like you have to because well, we had a mad situation, and this is where I look at the the national charities. And again, I don't want to hit on anyone mm. at all. Uh, but we had um, a typical situation where I'm in an office, I was actually in um, the Chamber of Commerce, we used to operate from there. 
and I get a phone call to a girl I've never even met before to say that her friend had been diagnosed with breast cancer and her cooker had broken down. Yeah. And uh, the ironical thing is she lived in Bromgrove. I lived then in Pedmore, but I'm in Edgbaston. So I said, right, where does she live? She said, uh, Bromsgrove. I said, okay, give me your address, give me your name and everything. Uh, she said, why? I said, I'm going now. She said, what do you mean you're going now? I said, well, I'm going to sort out a cooker because she said she starts chemo <laughs> on Thursday. Yeah. So she'll, if she's got kids, she'll need to cook. So I take myself off to Bromsgrove, which I didn't know very well at all. And I'm driving through and I'm just absolutely grateful for when I find a parking spot. That's one of my worst things about me. I'm really, I am lazy. I will literally park where I need to go in if I can. So <laughs> just this parking space appears. And I think, oh, this is amazing. So I put the car into the space. I turn to my right across the road and there's Euronics. I'm thinking, I need to go in there for a cooker or whatever. Yeah. How come this parking space has just <laughs> appeared where I need to be? Yeah. So I went into the shop and I said, right, come and see the manager. So you'll never heard of us. We're at this charity. I said, but I've got a situation where this lady either needs a brand new cooker. If she does give it her, we'll mm. pay for it as a charity. He said, no, 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 hold on a minute. She might just need an element. I said, whatever she needs, can you give her? Because she's starting yeah, her chemo yeah. on Thursday. And this was Monday. And he's looking through his book, bless him. And honestly, he was chock-a-block. I said, any chance at 8.30 in the morning? He said, oh, go on. And she lived in the area. So um, I then phoned this girl and say, look, you don't know who I am. Your friend's phoned me up. I believe your cooker's broken down. Mm. Can I send someone? I said, I'm really sorry, but 8.30 in the morning. She said, yeah, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. So he goes around and it, it is an element and he fixes the element. I think it was £60, but I was quite prepared to buy a new yeah. cooker. Uh, the money was in the bank, so that's what it's there for. And I said, can I come and see her? So I go to see her later that day. And um, as I'm chatting away to her, as I do, I understand that she's going through a terrible time yeah. financially because she's not very well at all. And she's got she's showing me forms she's got to fill in. And she's contacted a, a very big charity. They hadn't even got back to her. So she was in a bit of a mess, to say the least. So bizarrely, I had a check in the boot of my car that I was giving a printer. Mm-hmm. They'd been signed by one trustee. And then when I get there, I write it out and I put my signature on it. So I said to her, oh, I'm really sorry. I've left my phone in the car. Can I just go? I said, I'm, I just want to get it. Yeah. As I'm going out with my <laughs> to get my phone or my handbag, I'm thinking, please don't ring. Please do not ring. So I've got the boot up. I've got a card. I always carry cards in my boot. So I'm phoning the trustee to say, I know this is for the printer. Can I give a check to this woman who's in real serious financial difficulties? I said, you know what you're doing, Veronica? Absolutely. Come back and get another one. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So I'm trying to write this card really quickly. I write this check to her and I fold it up, put it in my bag and go in. And then her friend comes to take her for a relaxation class or something. Mm-hmm. So this is now probably the Tuesday she's going on Thursday. So I give her a hug and I give her this card. And it was a look on her face that really summed it up for me. She looked at me like, what kind of lunatic would give me a good luck <laughs> card when I'm starting? And you're exactly what was going through her mind. So anyway, she just sort of threw it on the settee in disdain. Like, yeah. I'm a total lunatic. I probably am. But anyway, she did that. So I got back home. My daughter said, so what have you been doing today? I said, well, this woman thinks I'm a, a bit of a nutter, really. She said, yeah, you are, Mum. I said, and I explained the situation. <laughs> I said, but by about nine o'clock tonight, I said, she'll have to open that. Yeah. Because she'll just, you know, you, you see something, don't you think, I've got to look at it yeah. anyway. So I said, I'll get a text. Anyway, I wasn't expecting the text that I received. It came and it was huge. Oh. And she said, and this is where I get the angel thing. I can't believe you're such an angel. And not only have you mended my cooker, she said, I need a new tie for my car. I need an MOT. 
the thing. So she was going to travel to hospital in a car that needed an MOT that needed a new tire. Mm. I'm thinking people don't understand what these people. She was separated are going through. So she probably had no option but to probably get in that car. Yeah. She could have killed herself, killed somebody else. Extra stress on her body. More stress, yeah, that she doesn't need when she's starting treatment because she didn't know who to turn to. Mm. And it, I mean, it was a, a beautiful text and I thought, oh, I can't read it anymore. I read so much, so I was in tears. And I thought, but at least we've done some good today. Because out of all her friend phoning me to say a cook had broken down, it transpired she needed a lot more help. Yeah. But from that, we could then put her in the right direction and send her to these charities. I've got much more money than we've got. I say, right, well, they can actually help you with this, 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 and this, where we can't. Yeah. We, we did our bit and then we put them in touch with somebody else. But uh, yeah, until you start going and seeing people like that and start chatting to them, because they're very proud people, they don't want to ask for this kind of help at all. Yeah, I was just sort of coaxing it out of her, but I could see in the situation she was in that she was in trouble. But she wouldn't ask me because why would you? Yeah. And that's the thing we find. A lot of these people don't ask us for that kind of help. We have to go and sort of look at the situation and judge it for ourselves and mm -hmm. then say, could we help you with some shopping this week? Yeah. Or where we'll, we'll do like a mini bursary where we'll give them, say, a £50. But I'm insistent that we get them like wherever they shop, we get them a card for that. So we're hoping that that's where they're going to go and do yeah, the shopping. Yeah. I mean, Aldi do a great one where they do two cards. One says no alcohol. You know, so they can't buy alcohol. Mm. Again, I suppose it's not up to me whether you should buy alcohol, but I prefer you buy it and spend it for your children than do that. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, if that's what gets them through it, who am I to judge? But we try and control it as, as best we can. So it's little things like that that people desperately need because suddenly they've stopped work through no fault of their own. Mm. They can't help being ill and they really need some help, but they don't like to ask for it because they're embarrassed to yeah. ask. Yeah. So we having been here for 22 years, can judge that and think, mm, I think you're in a bit of trouble. How do I say to you, do you need our help? Can I, yeah. and we've got a word in, can I help you say with some shopping? Can I help you by taking you to hospital for your appointment? We try and work out, <coughs> excuse me, a way that we can help them without embarrassing them, yeah. uh, insulting them. It's a very fine line, but you know, the women are absolutely fantastic and they're lovely. And, you know, they don't want to be in that position. Who does? But we just try and make it as easy as we can for them. And I say to anybody, ask me anything you want. Mm -hmm. I'll do my very best. Some things I can't. You know, if you want to meet George Clooney, I can't. Yeah. I can't get that introduction. But ask me anything. You and might I'll... be able to. You never know. You never, yeah. With your powers, you never know. <laughs> yeah, I never say never. I mean, give me a challenge and I'll go for it. I don't know how long it takes me. But, um, yeah, we'll try and help you the best we can. And like I say, if we can't do it, We'll try and put you and signpost you into the right direction. We've now got four separate Facebook private uh, groups with breast mates in an age. So you've got younger ones, you've got younger ones with kids, you've got the older ladies, and then you've got the secondaries. Mm. Um, because we've identified the need that these groups need to be separated because the younger ones can't understand like the, the other girls with the young babies, it, it annoys them because yeah, they've yeah. got little kids. So if you put everybody together who've got little kids, they love it because you can see the little kids on Zoom. Yeah. And you've got to identify. And like the young ones don't want to be mixed in with the 50 and above. And I get it because when I was 20 odd or our youngest is 23, did I want to listen to somebody 50 or 60? No, I didn't because it's like <laughs> my mum. So, you know, you, you have to identify the need. Yeah. 
and then try and you know accommodate as best you can. I mean, we're doing an awful lot at the moment on our uh, Facebook groups with mindfulness. So we do card making, relaxation classes as much as we can for that mental health. And they're very popular. And the nicest thing for me, especially with the card making, is that they're given a donation and it's voluntary. We, you know, they're asked just to pay if they can for the um, the cards and or the equipment they need. And then that's raising funds for us. Because people, yeah. and I say, look, people always want to give back. They may not be in a position, but it doesn't have to be immediate. I've had people do things to me five years later, 10 years later, because they've suddenly thought, this charity helped me. I want to help somebody else now. Yeah. And they're in a, in a position where they feel a lot stronger and in a better position to do so. And that also is wonderful because it's about us all helping each other. Mm-hmm. And the more that happens, the better. But not everybody can do that because not everybody's confident in doing that. Yeah. I mean, I've had lunatics, as I call them, throwing themselves out of the plane. and they like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, going up Kilimanjaro. That's what you want to do. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, some people have done some crazy, crazy. things. I'm sailing down a building. Why? Why? But they do it. And we're very <laughs> yeah. grateful that they do it. I mean, I've done nothing like that. So, you know, when people say, oh, you're great, I think, well, I've not done any of that. Um, so, yeah, it's fantastic. And the fact that they believe they can do things like that is fantastic for mm-hmm. them as well. So, yeah, we're, why we survive is because people do eventually do things for the charity mm-hmm. um, and pay us back in that way, which is which is great. Amazing. And I'm sure you get a lot of the families wanting to help as well if you're supporting their partner yeah. through cancer. And I don't, you know, some of them that might have lost that partner in the end, mm-hmm. that family, I'm sure, wants yeah. to help and give back because you did help mm-hmm. support them as a charity, which I think is lovely. I mean, the thing I've got I'd, those connections. Yeah, so. I mean, the thing I'd really love to do more of, and unfortunately, we, we just don't, can't afford it, but the massive charities could. And this is where I wish they'd really look at mm-hmm. what's going on on the ground. Um, we did, we did some uh, lasting memory holidays oh. where we sent a couple of girls with young children to Euro Disney. Oh, and amazing. Yeah, I had a car pick them up from the house, take them to the airport. There was a car meet, meeting them in France, in Paris, mm. picking them up there, taking them to... And we I said, I want the hotel on site, which it was. I've never been to Euro Disney myself, but I said, what is, for me, the Bentley or Rolls Royce of packages for the situation. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, everyone I asked like that, once they realised why they're doing it, they've been brilliant with me. They said, right, we're not going to take our fee on this. We'll make sure they have the most amazing time. So we'll get the characters coming to have um, photographs and breakfast with the children. But at the end of the day, they remember their mum for taking them on this most amazing yeah. holiday. Not me, that I was the person that put it together on the charity, but that their mum took them on this fantastic weekend away which is like a five star, don't get me wrong. Um, but what memories those kids have got yeah. of their mother trying to do her best for them. And then we see the pictures. And to this day, I still meet the families who say, oh, what you did was amazing. But it also, if it helped that girl to think that she was doing something amazing yeah, for her family. Yeah. You know, because like I say, we're not medical. We can't work miracles. I wish we could. But those are two that stick in my mind that I really wish we could do more of. But again, it's a cost issue. Yeah. But again, I want the bigger charities to think about doing things like this. Because for me, yeah, you can give as much money to research as you like. You keep doing it, but help people who need your help now. Yeah, whilst they're here. Yeah, whilst they're here and, they, and the families need your help. Start doing things like this that are yeah. so badly needed and they're so grateful for it. And it impacts the whole family, the grandparents, everybody. It really... they've got something to look back on. And yeah. I can, you know, I do know for children that, 
they don't always pick up that their parents are ill, depending on their age. But sure. to be able to look back at a holiday like that and yeah. not remembering mum being sick, yeah, 100%. sick all the time, one hundred percent, really good for them that, mental health as well. Yeah, yeah that they had great fun with mum yeah. in Disneyland Paris. Instead they of just put, thinking when they were younger at that time when she was very yeah. sick, I think that's yeah. so well, important. We actually uh, had a, a friend of ours. Um, Joan Blaney, who very kindly wrote a book mm. called Cassie Cancer. And, it, and I, as I was explaining to, to Joan, I didn't realise she was doing a series of books and she was doing a series on books for children for help. Yeah. I said, could you do one about breast cancer explaining why mummy is lying on the settee yeah. and can't play with them today because she's not feeling very well. And she does it in such a, a lovely way for younger children that just explains. And we put this book in our hugs in a bag. Mm. In case any, and then we think, right, if these girls are having this you know, treatment, don't have um, any children. They'll know yeah. somebody who has and they exactly. can pass it on. Uh, but it's a way of explaining in a very nice way. And also for the mothers and fathers to explain to the children. Because how do you sit your child down at three, four or five and try and explain what mummy's going yeah. through? But in a book and pictures, you can sort of make them explain yeah. um, that mummy's not lying on the couch because she don't want to play with you. So she, she's not very well enough mm. to play with that particular day. So all these things are really really important again i'm sorry to keep saying it it's a cost issue you know we wish we could do more yeah. there's so much that we want to do and the only thing stopping us is money yeah. and yet there's so many people out there with so much money where are you <laughs> you know and if things like this help for people to recognize as a charity that will help that charity yeah. fantastic you know, I've tried for 22 years to get in with the corporates. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, why they don't, you know, <laughs> somebody doesn't make us their charity of the year. Yeah. But we are still going. So I just hope we can continue, like I say, for as long as we can. And, um, yeah, that people will support us and continue to support us. And we're extremely grateful for everybody that's ever supported us. We just need to continue because, sadly, it's not getting any better. Yeah. And we're being asked. I mean, our Facebook group's gone up to 382 people as we speak and daily. We are getting more and more women added to that group. Yeah. So it's a lot to take on and a lot to help. Yeah, but we'd love to do more. Definitely. And do you want to speak a little bit about how you work, kind of collaborate with UHB Charity, what you've worked together on in the past, how you both support each other? Yeah, what I've been told, because you forget, you know, when the doctors can we buy me this type of machine and we say yeah we'll do our best yeah. it was never a time scale yeah you know but we just did our best to get that piece of equipment so i remember being told that i'd put in over 1.5 million pieces of equipment into the hospital i had no idea over a period of time yeah i mean the, the pink mobile mammogram unit was a joint collaboration i think that was 250,000. Mm. we put in 125 qhp put in 125 um so i don't i didn't really know how much we'd done yeah in that respect in um equipment till it was put in front of us. Um, but the collaboration has been amazing uh, with the hospitals where obviously women get signposted to us. We try and do the best we can with the hospital. Mm -hmm. we, you know, we've been in the atrium raising funds when we were allowed to before COVID. Our choir sang at the Christmas time in the atrium. We've um, donated some, uh, or helped to donate some chemotherapy chairs. Yeah. I mean, we're very much a charity that asks what is needed yeah, and then hopefully we can try and provide it either together or like I say we'll fundraise we're never given a time scale mm. we just try and do the best we can when we can hugs in a bag yeah we're in 11 hospitals and hope to do more um 
Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really me going in. Again, I've been up to the women's hospital a few years ago and I didn't know I got the worst day for them, which was one of their busiest days. Mm. And I remember asking the receptionist to turn the TV on and she said it didn't work. And I said, oh gosh, how long? I said, well, how long has TV not worked? Literally thinking weeks, possibly months. Yes. And she told me seven years. Oh. I said, I'll have a TV in here within a week. Yeah. So as you do, phone a friend. I phoned this lovely guy who worked for a finance company said, is there anything you could possibly do? I said, look, I don't want the old singing and dancing, ridiculous, fabulous TV. Nice TV would be great for their uh, reception area. And he got us an amazing TV. So we had all the pictures before Christmas, had all the pictures taken, because I believe if you help us, we'll try and help you. So on social, we gave them a great shout out, thanking mm. them for what they've done. I asked the uh, girl how uh, the TV was going to get on the wall. She said, I need a bracket. So I took myself up to Battery Park, Tried to speak to the manager somewhere up there. I think it was yeah. Argos or somebody begging him to give me a bracket. He said he couldn't. <laughs> he could give me his manager, manager's discretion. I said that'll do. So we managed to get a discount on that. Came back down and said, right, okay, how do I get this TV on the wall? He said it's got to go and be pap tested. It's got to go through yeah. our uh, internal uh, maintenance people. I said how long? She said probably about twenty eight days. So I'd get him on the phone. So I said to him, I won't get you in trouble, but at least if I can speak to someone. And let's say for argument's sake, his name was John. So I speak to this lovely guy and I said, look, I have made a catastrophic error here. I've got this fantastic TV. I've got you the bracket, but I've told the people that's donated it, their big boss is coming from London next week to see this TV in action mm. because I thought it would be. So I said, so I do, do I go back and say my fault? Sorry, I've made a mistake. Or is there anything you can do to sort of push this yeah. forward? So bless them. I think they had it up within 48 hours. So I had to go back in the week after with someone because it wasn't actually true, um, to say that we were here to look at this TV in action. Yeah. But I thought, whatever it takes, because that was badly needed, because when you're going into that situation, even if you're not really watching Lorraine or whoever's on the TV or Holly and Phil, it's a distraction. Mm -hmm. You can just look at something and just forget why you're there. Um, because it must be so scary to be sitting there thinking, have I got it? Have I not got it? And until you've gone through that, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. So anything that could help, like a TV in a waiting room. But people have got to understand, this was not down to the doctors and nurses to provide that TV. Yeah, yeah. Who's it down to? If it's broken, who's going to fix <laughs> yeah. it? And, and because they're working every day in that situation, they're not even thinking. Yeah. I go in every now and then because I think you're too busy. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'll just float in and say, is there anything we can do for you? Yeah. I noticed that it wasn't working. And then I could do something about it. And it's that kind of thing that I don't think, as we all get on every day in our daily lives, we never get that second thought, do we? Because why would you? But there's this going on all the time. So you've just got to try and find out what help do they need. And it's things like that. And there's always someone that can help you. Mm -hmm. The worst thing anybody can say to you is no. I don't think I've ever got a situation where anybody said, no, I can't help you. Yeah. You know, if they couldn't help me monetary-wise, they'll give me products but they can help me somewhere. If they can't give me something for completely for free, they'll give it me for cost. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of help I'm talking about. So as a charity, we've been very, very fortunate that we get a lot of things donated to us. Um, and it's great when they can do that because you know people in business make money, they can't give stuff for free. So I say, look, if you can give it me for the best possible price you can give it, we all win. And then we will try, like I say, to give a shout out to whoever's uh, helped us. So we've had over 22 years, obviously we've had masses of help masses mm -hmm. of help we've had some funny situations as well but uh, where sometimes I have come through the door and thought I'm not doing this anymore but then you have to let that odd crazy thing when things haven't gone right yeah. become a learning curve to you and just think no because if I give up 
That's what somebody else wants me to do. But that's not benefiting so many people that we're helping just because they don't happen to be nice to you today. Yeah. So you just park that and think, well, that's your problem more than mine and carry on. Yeah. yeah. And the incredible women that are part of the charity and volunteer mm-hmm. with you, do they all have, I know I've met one of them before and she has yeah. a personal um, story with breast sure. cancer herself. So are the rest of the women, are they people that have had breast cancer or just passionate about raising well, awareness <coughs> and doing something? Our trustees, thank God, haven't. Yeah. But passionate about the charity and helping to continue. Most of the girls that come on to help me have. Yeah. Because um, it's their way of giving back. And also for me, it's fantastic because... They have the best education they can give anyone because yeah, they're living with it. Yeah. So they are our best um, advocates of the charity because they obviously can help people because they know exactly how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's great because they know what to say and not what to say. They know how to approach these ladies. Um, so, yeah, the main group of people that help as volunteers, the, I'd say 99% are breast cancer patients wow. that are mm-hmm. either, I've got it at the moment, or are five years plus you know, survival rate, um, that just love to give back and they don't know how to give back. So what a way to give back. Come and help us. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's really good. It's really good. But you have to pull in, like on your board of trustees, you have to pull pull in experts. So we've got a solicitor on there, accountant on there. We've got various people with all sorts of skills Mm. and you have to have that as well um, to also oversee what I'm doing very much so, and say, right, what are you doing now, Veronica? And I have to obviously answer to them. So when we do have our meetings four times a year, I've literally got to tell them what I've been doing. So I can, yeah. a daily diary, it's not on my phone, it's on a, a, a diary I write in yeah. every single day, where I've been, what I've been doing, because you forget. Yeah, you totally, I forget what I was doing last week, I'm more of a certain age. So I write it all down. So when mm. I come to do my report, I know exactly where I've been, who I've seen and why we're doing what we're doing. I've yeah. practically begged them to say, can we do like this fashion show? Because again, some monetary cost involved in this mm-hmm. so now we're going out physically looking for sponsors to yeah. help the cost and, and, and you know i'd love to be able to invite some breast cancer ladies who probably won't be in the show because we've just got too many of you yeah, yeah, of so there's going to be some that are you know unfortunately hopefully they won't be in this one we'll hopefully do it again yeah but i'd like to be able to help them to be able to afford to go mm-hmm. so you know we need sponsorship in in that respect so hopefully that will come i'm a great believer that uh, things happen for a reason and I tend to ask, and then miraculously from somewhere, it tends to tends to all come into or fall into place. Of course. And my final question for you is basically, how can people donate? Is it easy to go through your website? Like, what is the best way for yeah, people I mean, to find you that want to support you? In this crazy world that we live in, we've actually got a leaflet now uh, with a QR code. Oh, very fancy. <laughs> well, what happened was, so there's, a, there's a lovely guy who sadly lost his wife. Yeah. who is it's taken him over six years and he's this is what i'm saying about people coming back to you and he said he wanted to help raise some funds so could i get him some buckets and some um coin uh tubs mm. and i said yeah and it was actually my daughter we got all the labels printed she went to he was putting them in a lot of pubs and i believe they are in a lot of pubs around birmingham and she said well that's all well and good mum but when i go out i don't carry cash yeah, yeah. i said what do you mean but- she said no it's all on card so i'd love to donate but I can't. Mm. So, so you need to have a QR code. So I just got all these tubs and everything ready for them. So I had to have printed these QR codes and then sticking labels because yeah. it's the side of things that people don't see me do. So I'm just sticking labels again because if I try and pull in all my volunteers, I can get the job job done. Mm. So um, and what a fantastic thing. So that went straight to our to, to our Just Giving page mm. and that's going to our hooks in the bag to keep the hooks in the bag going. 
So yeah, you can donate to Just Giving. You can contact us through our website. Contact us at info at lfbc.org.uk. Yeah, send me a check. Back me some money over. Do whatever you want to do yeah. to keep us going. But yeah, you know, you look on the website, you can find us. I think my uh, mobile number's on there. I've had the same number for 22 years. Yeah. Please contact us, you know, and whatever you can do for us. I mean, we've got a set of women who are knitting blankets for oh. us for our hooks in the bag. But they're fantastic and yeah. they're so beautifully made. And again, it's giving those ladies, the older ladies, a purpose in life. Um, and they're helping us knit little things like that. If you can think of, if you know, great crocheting or knitting, great. Yeah. You know, just talk to us and see what you can do for us. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it doesn't always have to be monetary, but you could help us in any way you think you can help us. Contact us and we'll say which way you can help us. I mean, I've got a girl who's collected hundreds of bras and has no idea what to do with them. And really, neither did we. But we did do a situation many years ago when I think back to what we did, and we sent them to Africa. Oh, so wow. let's send them to Africa yeah. because ladies over there don't get opportunity to have that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I say now with, in my day, it wasn't pay it forward. We didn't know that, but that's the terminology yeah. now. Yeah, if you've got stuff like that, give it to us. We'll find a way of somebody else benefiting. So yeah, just get in touch. Amazing. And in regards to patients, so people that are going through breast cancer, men and women, mm-hmm. what's the best way for them to get in touch? Again, we're hoping, but again, it's timescale with the nurses. Yeah. But the nurses direct them to us. Right. Um, if they hear this podcast, please get in touch. We're trying to put up posters in hospitals as well for you to get in touch with us. Sometimes it comes through uh, another friend of yours, sadly, who's going through it. Yeah. You meet, And sometimes they just meet at chemo and they become friends who will mention the charity. We've got the Facebook, uh, which is a private group. We have Facebook, obviously, with Ladies Fighting Breast Cancer. But we have Breastmates, which is a support group. Uh, again, other people are telling other women while they're going through treatment to contact us through there. You'll be asked a, just a few questions just for our own security, your security, um, to join. Very easy. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a whole network. Like I say, 382 women going through exactly what you're going through. Who are lovely, lovely ladies who will support you. Yeah. Yeah. Morning, noon and night. Because that's what we're there for. And the girl that's, uh, two girls that's running it, uh, Linda and Maureen, absolutely fantastic. Both breast cancer patients themselves. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, and the, the right girls to run it. Absolutely right girls to run it. So yeah, contact us whichever way you want to. I mean, my, my only bugbear for me is LinkedIn. I know mm. I should do it and I try and do it, but that's the business side of things. Yeah. I'm not very good on it. But again, if you want to contact me through that, Definitely. fine, I will respond to you eventually. But I will get, I always answer people. Might take me a while. Yeah. But I think I think today we're living in such a crazy world now where the emails come on your mobile phone and people just don't think, you know, if you don't answer them straight away that you might be busy. And I try and say, sorry, I've not answered you. You know, yeah. but it's, we're, we're living in this instant world. And I honestly believe this instant world is causing a lot of our illness. Yeah. Because we haven't got any downtime. Yeah, yeah. We're 24-7, seven days a week with no switch off. And I think we've really got to learn to take some time and just try and calm down a little bit and mm-hmm. not think everything has to be instant. You know, I, I sort of fear for the, the youth of today because what's going to happen in 20 years' time? I mean, you know, I never thought a mobile phone would have an email on it. What's yeah. going to come out for them? And, and sad for me that it's a lot of these things are really good, but also a lot of it can stop communication. Yeah. Because people, I see it all the time, people on their mobiles, they're not talking to each other. And and it, like I say, in some ways they're very, very good for information and, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're not very good for information because you find out too much. It can be the wrong information that <laughs> frightens you. Um, 
But I think we've got to get back to basics and get back to reaching out, talking to people yeah. and finding out what's wrong because uh, we're living too much in this digital yeah. world. People, you know, I've been to many a thing now where I will, if I'm doing an event now, show a video because the audience, that's all they're used to doing yeah. is, is looking at something. Digital. I've been up and tried to do a speech and the whole room's talking. You think, well, why am I bothering? Yeah. And it's so disheartening because you're thinking, am I that boring? <laughs> but it's just because our sort of um, thinking time or our... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for the right word here. We just can't concentrate yeah. for that length of time. We yeah. just used to sound bites and like two minute little clips. Yeah, yeah. little clips, um, and that's the way the world's going. Yeah. So you've just got to go with the times. Yeah, but I think we need to be more that we talk to each other more and we mm. say, "Are you okay?" Simple, a basic question. Simple that we question. To ask. A lot of people Comments. initially will turn around and say, "Yes, I am." And then you go, really? Yeah. And then they'll burst into tears. You give them a hug and say, come on, have a cup of tea or coffee. Tell me what I can do. Yeah. And you've got to notice that people are very, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And just try and peel away that layer that they think, are you really? I think always ask twice. And it was interesting 100%. there was a guy that did a documentary on it recently who's a radio presenter. Right. Roman, I think. Roman Kemp? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And his friend... He sadly committed suicide. He yeah. said the main thing you wanted to take away from it was always ask your friends twice Fine. or 100%. whoever that person that's is. That's what I've learned. Are you actually okay? Yeah. Are you okay? But are you actually yeah. okay? That's what I've learned in, with this charity. Saying to a woman, are you okay? And the first thing they will say naturally. Like, yeah. You always go, yeah. Yeah, fine. you always go, yeah, fine. It's just like, and natural, I, isn't yeah. It? And I've always gone, are you really okay? Yeah. Is there anything I can do for you? Do you need anything? And it doesn't matter that they burst into tears. Yeah. Because it's an emotion and it's getting some stress out of them. So I'll give them a hug and say, right, come on, let's go and sit down, have a cup of tea. Tell me what you need. Tell me what we can do for you. And I think it's just a re relief for them that somebody understands that actually, no, I'm not. Yeah. And yeah, I do need help. But because people are brought to it, oh, be strong and stoic and, you know, life, get on with it. Yeah. No, some days you can't. Yeah. And you need somebody else to hold your hand and you need somebody else to take the stress off you. But again, it's this thing of, Asking for help. Yeah. Why are we so bad at asking for help? Yeah. I think the fear is that you'd ask and somebody would say no. Yeah, someone's quite stern. Yes, yeah, that would be. You. And then I think that's a really cruel thing to do to somebody yeah. if they've actually taken the time to say to you, I'm can sure. you help me? Yeah. And even if you can't, like I've always said, I can't at the moment, but I will. Yeah. yeah. Always leave them with a positive. But to turn around and say, actually, no, is, is awful. It's the wor worst possible word, no. Always try and help someone. If you can't do it, get somebody who can. Because it really, really takes an awful lot to ask somebody something. Mm -hmm. And if you turn them down, that's another blow to them. That oh, they're already gosh. going through enough without you saying, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, so we've, we've got to learn to be, like they've said, and, and, and like um, that poor girl said, and I'm trying to think of a name from Love Island, be kind. Yeah. It costs yeah. nothing to be kind. Yeah. It really doesn't. And that's like the mantra we've had with the charity from day one. If we can help you, we will. And if we can't do it, we will find someone that can. But ultimately, just be nice. It costs nothing to be kind. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, as usual. Very inspiring. I absolutely love everything that your charity do. I think it's so important, especially in this day and age. And you're doing a great job of raising awareness. And yeah, I think it's really exciting to see where you'll go in the next year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years. And I'll always be backing you. So thanks, yeah. Ella, and please God, I'll still be it. here to do it. Thanks so much. 
a huge thank you to Veronica for sharing her story. If you'd like to share yours, please do get in touch. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And if you've made it this far, thank you. Please, can you leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? That would be much appreciated. And I'll be back same time next week. See you then.